All right, so Lusky, you're muted. Okay, there you go. Yes. We left off yesterday, we were talking about the details of the sugya of Barry. Barry is a principle that sometimes when you're lacking in amount and volume, you can make up in quality. If you have an entire unit, so then that can count, so to speak, as being a kazayas. Mm-hmm. That's a dimen Torah. We find this when it comes to binchai malkus. Chazal extended it to the area of uchas tarobas, where you have things that are mixed in. He assumed that are mixed into uh, into kosher foods, and whether or not Chazal extended this to uchas brachas, that was a subject of potential controversy between the Baalbi and the Rishami. The Rishami definitely accepted the principle of berry, and therefore explained to us that if you have a very very small fruit. Assuming that it meets the criteria of what's called the barrier, then you can and you, you should. You're obligated to make a bracha chron on that fruit, even though the volume is full short of a kezayis. And the Bavli doesn't mention this at all. So Tosus wasn't sure. Was the omission in the Bavli indicative of the fact that the Bavli disagreed? Well, the Bavli accepted. Not every single thing that you agreed to do necessarily say. So the Bavli simply wasn't talking about the topic, but the statement wasn't factual. So in Shulchan Aruch, it is presented as somewhat unclear. And the other Shulchan Aruch says that since we're not 100% sure what to do, one should try to avoid these kinds of scenarios if at all possible. So it's not a good idea to have just one raisin. You want to eat a raisin, eat a lot of raisins. You want to eat a small fruit, eat a lot of small fruits. But if you just have one small fruit, that's not what it is. So we're not going to let you make a bracha because maybe the Bible disagrees. <laughs> On the other hand, we don't want to get ourselves into a suffix bracha either. So right. Well, this is uh, this is not right either. Okay, okay. Well, we'll have to rectify this at a later point. A little bit of a, of a mix up. But that's right. That's right. Okay, okay. <clears throat> so for this reason, the post can say that one should really follow this in a sense recommendation. Not to get involved into this uh, this window of a barrier, lest one gets uh, involved in the shadow of a suffix brachas. So, my sister, the following story. So, I, I can't tell you exactly when the story happened. I can tell you that it happened more than 30 years ago already because it happened when I was still a, uh, still a bracha. It happened when I was on a date. So, the story, the story evolved as follows I came to a uh, house to pick up a girl. Father was a very friendly person. He had that. You know that, that that famous bowl of fruit sitting on the table that hasn't been touched since uh, she's been gracious. And uh, he offered me to please, uh, you know, he's have something, please uh, make a bracha. So, uh, you know, if I coaxed me once or twice, I said, okay, I'm nice. So I take a look. There were some apples on the table. There were some grapes on the table. The last thing you want to start doing is eating a whole apple. First of all, it takes a while. Second of all, what are you going to do with the core? I mean, it's messy. It's just that the grapes are so much easier. So I just uh, picked off uh, one guy. I said, I have 16 grapes. I picked off a grape. I said, about the number of grapes. I look at the grape and I said, oh my goodness. This is it. This is the Ushali. This is the Suffolk. Whether you have a barrier. I'm not going to have five grapes. And uh, it doesn't look very nice. On the other hand, I wasn't sure if the father was particularly interested in hearing a shit clearly about the Machlech, the Alakta of Bavi and Rishabi about a barrier. So I think quickly. So the Rishonim and the Sugi barrier tell us that it's only considered to be a barrier if it's total, if it's complete. 
if it's broken up, even by the smallest amount, so that's not considered to be a barrier. So when nobody was looking, I kind of broke off a little piece of the of the grape. If you don't eat the entire grapes, that that's not considered to be a barrier, according to anybody. Of course, that was a little bit of a logistical about what I do with that broken piece. So <laughs> I was in the pockets and the tissues, and I kind of snuck away the the piece in. So the truth is, whether that aid actually worked is a big like kiss and Rishonim. But some Rishonim would say in our sugya that the only time it loses its status of a barrier is if it was broken up before it's brought to the table. If you present it as a, as a whole as a whole grape, and you're looking at it, and you're about to eat the whole grape, so that's called the barrier. Because just breaking it afterwards doesn't really do the trick. Some some folks can say, if breaking it up later does the trick, then biting it should also do the trick. You, nobody still swallow the whole pomegranate, swallow the whole grape. So obviously you have to declare what point that loses the sense it's barrier this. That's a big question. So Shah Bishop. Other Bishop will say, no, as long as you break it apart before it gets into your mouth, so that's also considered to be a lack of grant. I didn't really have much aces at that point to do things any better. So uh, we had to rely on the Mekilim in that shot. So every once in a while, the issues of barrier do uh, do get in. I, I don't remember much from the that date didn't go very far, but it, the only thing I do remember is I remember it did uh, it remained part of my repertoire for his brachas for some years to come. Anyway, back to that story. So now we begin our uh, our next sugya. And our next sugya is strangely enough a sugya that it's a major uh, question in Ketzim Avarchin. It's a very, very much a Lamaisa sugya. It's actually a sugya that doesn't appear in the Gemara itself. That's why the Nomar recovers, because there's nothing in the Gemara itself that, that talks about the topic, because the, it's an extension that we shown to begin building off of our Gemara. Our Gemara says, Beferish, you have to eat a Kezayis in order to make a Bracha. That's Beferish, and that's not a, a great surprise. That's a Mishnah in the seventh parak. The Mishnah in the seventh parak is talking about bread, about benching. Agamar is talking about Allah eats, eating, eating olives, eating grapes, figs, etc. The Rishonim, most of the Rishonim extend this to Baron of Fashos. There's one possibility, Rishonim tells in the rush, one possibility that maybe, strangely enough, Baron of Fashos doesn't require a Kezayas, because Baron of Fashos is like a very low level bracha. It's for sure not a bracha der Isa, and it's, it's a very, very, it takes you half a second to say it. You can say it on the run, you don't even have to sit down, Baron of Fashos. <laughs> So Bernafashi is a much, much lower level bracha. Some want to argue, maybe Bernafashi, you, you could say even unless it is eyes. We happen not to Pasuk that way. So we accept the that any and every food requires a kezayis. Where the Gemara ends, now we should begin, how does this spill over to drinks? What, if any, is the shear of a bracha chwana for a drink? First, it takes a little bit of uh, juice, a little bit of coffee, a little bit of uh, soda. And I want to know, should I recite a bracha chwana or not? So somehow intuitively realize <clears throat> it has to be a shear. It would be very, very unlikely that foods have an absolute shear of a kezayis, whereas drinks are somehow cultural. Very unlikely that would be the din. The problem is the Gemara never ever tells us what the shear is. So the Rishon begin to scramble around, start to look around and see what other areas of halacha can we apply that would be relevant as to what the shear is. So come, some Rishon and Tosis presents the following possibility that we don't have to look very far. We actually have to look about as far as our Gemara. The shear is a kezayis. But the same way that if you eat uh, a small piece of bread, less than a kezayis, you don't bench. The same way if you eat uh, a little piece of uh, a grape, less than a kezayis, you don't bench. The same way if you have a small, uh, I don't know, a small, well, apple, so a piece of an apple, you don't make a bird a bur- of our shows. So too, if you have a small sip of something to drink, less than a kezayis, then you do not recite a bracha chorah. The problem is, is that kezayis is a solid shear, and liquids are liquids. 
And therefore, how in the world do you measure a kezayis? So bishlam, when you want to measure, is by piece of bread, is by apple. Those are solid uh, items. So they're measured with solid urine. Here, you try to take a, a, a solid measurement and plug it into a liquid. So practically speaking, how do you do that? So the answer to that question can be found in two sources. One is a sugi maseches nazir, and the other is in uh, the Greek uh, mathematician of Archimedes, Archimedes' principle. Namely, it's simply called water displacement. So if I want to know how how do I get a kezayis worth of liquid? Well, very simple. You take a kezayis, not a, you take a kezayis, and you put it into a cup of water, and so water is filled to the top. You throw it out of it, so some of the water comes out. So that amount of water that came out, that is the volume of a olive. And that is the shear of a kezayis as it relates to liquids. So you got to do a little bit of math, a little bit of a couple of experimentations, and you realize if and when you drink that amount of beverage, then you are required to recite a rachachrona. Whether that beverage is wine, whether that beverage is other liquids, burner fashions, whatever the case may be, whatever the rachachrona of your choice is, but the shear is going to be a kezayis. So if you take this approach, so then, <clears throat> yes, it's a little bit strange that we're using a solid shear for measuring liquids, but this is the only shear we have in the books. This is the shear of Baha'u'llah, the shear of Kezayis, and therefore there is no difference between the shear of volume for solids and the shear of volume for liquids. So this is one approach that appears in Tosas. Then Tosas backpedals for a minute and said, you know what, maybe the model of a solid shear is correct, that we can live with water displacement, that's okay, but maybe we're, we're displacing the wrong item. Maybe the item that we should that we should be looking for is actually not a zayas. Maybe it's something different. What could it possibly be? So Tosus makes reference to a sugya that we spoke a little bit about in the past. A sugya bracha stuff from Tesla Bays, where the Gemara analyzes what the words in the Chumash mean, That's the source of all of Much of what we're talking about this year is hinging on those words, even though. Believe it or not, we're not learning the seventh prayer. The seventh prayer is the prayer of Birch But so much of Birch and so much of the brachas that precede food are related to the Sukkot of Birch So we constantly reference Birch Zabozum So the Torah says in Prashas Ekev, Yachalta Visavato Virachta. So we need some very, very precise translations. How much? Achalta. What does that mean in terms of amount? What does Visavata mean as well? So this was a major machlekes between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda on the Testament and Beis and Brachas. Literally, how do you teach? How do you translate the phrase? So Rabbi Meir says, "Viachalta to kizayis," which is why Rabbi Meir says, "You bench for a kizayis." What does visavata mean? So Rabbi Meir says, "Visavata is not qualifying viachalta." Viachalta, period, end of sentence, end of end of uh, paragraph. Viachalta. It's almost like the Torah says, "Viachalta uberachta." If you ate, i.e. you consumed the kezayas, then you bench. What does v'savata mean? The mayor says v'savata is part two, a new paragraph. V'savata zushtia. This refers to drinking. So v'achalta is a kezayas. V'savata, almost like in like a parenthesis, v'savata is you do something else, i.e. you drink, and then uverachta. That's how Rabbi Meir teaches up the phrase v'achalta v'savata. What does that word mean even? V'savata zushtia. So this was a machlekes erishonu. We, we made reference to this a couple, couple of uh, weeks or months ago. There's a machlekes erishonu. What did Rabbi Meir mean in that statement? So according to some erishonim, v'savata is referring to drinking a very, very specific beverage, namely wine. Wine is the beverage that you recite a bracha of be'en shalosh on. 
Wine is from the Shimon Zamin. Wine comes from grapes, which is one of the seven species of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, there is a mitzvah midah araisa to recite a bracha corona on wine. We spoke about this way, way back, I think, in the first week of Shiurim, that there was a machlokis and we showed him. We know that benching is their isa, but it's unclear whether me'in shalosh is their isa. Person has a bowl of pasta, he recites an al hanichya. Person has grapes, they recite al eight. Person has wine, they recite al geffen. Is that also their isa? So the reason why that was unclear was because if you open up Parshas Ekev, the Torah speaks about benching, but you have to look at the Pesukim before. What was the Torah describing eating before that happened? So there's a whole whole series of Pesukim. So first the Torah speaks about Eretz, Chitao, Sarah, Begefrut, Enev, Rimon, first the Torah speaks about the Shiva Saminim that Eretz Yisrael is praised for. And then the next Pesuk says, that it speaks about eating bread. And that afterwards it says, there was a major machlekes, the Rishonim literally had a little chomish. So half of the Rishonim said, is only going back on that which was previously mentioned in the last possible. The last possible was talking about lechem. So then the Torah says, not grapes and pomegranates. Lechem. And therefore, the only type of bracha that deraisa is lechem. And according to other Bishanim, anything and everything mentioned in the last series of sukkim is included in the mitzvah deraisa v'yachalta v'savata. If you eat bread, uverachta. If you eat uh, pomegranates, uverachta. If you drink wine, uverachta. Eat dates, figs, out, uverachta. So that was a big, big question in the Rishonim. So according to some Rishonim, that's what Rabbi Meir had in mind, but he said, Shtia refers to a separate obligation to recite a bracha chrona on wine. So that's what the Sabbath Zushtia means. And the other version Rishonim, quoted the Sefer Yireim, Tavon Rabbeinatam, said that's not at all what the Sabbath Zushtia means. The Sabbath Zushtia is not talking about drinking wine. It's talking about a person who's eating a regular full meal. He's eating, he's eating, he's eating, he ate stuff to the gills, but he's still thirsty. Until he quenches his thirst, he's not Muslim to Benjamin Torah. only begins after Shtia. If a person is not thirsty, says the Sefi Ram, you're not Muslim to start drinking. If you're not thirsty, then don't drink. But if you're thirsty, then you must drink. And if you don't drink, then your obligation of benching is not a derisic obligation. That's what I think we mentioned at one time earlier this year. There are more quotes, a custom that some had. I don't think we have this custom anymore. There are more quotes a custom. That if you have a bunch of people eating together and uh, one of them is still thirsty and it comes time for benching, he shouldn't lead the Mizuman. You should get the guy who's not thirsty to lead the Mizuman. Usually, when we look around to, to lead the Mizuman, we look around and we ask, Is there a coin here? You know, is, it, is, there, is there a guest here? We, we have a lot of different questions that we ask before we machabit somebody in, uh, in Brexit Amazon. I don't remember ever being in a meal and asking, Anyone thirsty? If you're thirsty, sorry, you're disqualified for the benching. Some of that, that custom hasn't, hasn't made its way to America. But get back to that story. We have two different versions of what does Vesavata Zushtia mean. Either it means a separate, independent bracha chron upon drinking wine, or it means a fellow's eating a regular full-fledged meal, and now in order to bench Benatara, he has to quench his thirst. That was all within the worldview of Rabbi Meir. But now we, we, we carry over to Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Yehuda has a totally different reading, way of reading this possible. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the Savata is not a separate statement. The Savata is qualifying and redefining what the Achalta means. 
So according to Rabbi Yudah, this is, when Rabbi Yudah was teaching the little hated children, this is how he tied up the Pesach. When you eat, how much is eating? A kezayis. Visavata, you're full. Ooh, you're full. That's more than a kezayis. It must be that the Torah is saying, we misunderstood the achalta. It's achila sheyesh sviya. Sviya is not a separate parish, not a separate discussion about drinking beverages. The savata is redefining what the achalta means. The achalta, guess what? Does not mean what you thought it meant. When you taught the cheder kid a minute ago, the achalta is a kazais, that was wrong. The savata redefines and tells us you have to eat a kabetza in order to be chayef to bench. So therein lies the machlaikis who remain rebuda. How much bread, how much challah, how much matzah, how many bagels do you have to eat in order to bench? According to Rabbi Meir, a kezayis is sufficient. According to Rabbi Yudha, a kebeitza is necessary. The relationship between a kebeitza and a kezayis is either two to one or three to one. Different opinions as exactly what, what, the, what the proper uh, relationship between the two is. But it's definitely bigger. Take a look, take a look at an olive, take a look at an egg. Obviously, eggs are bigger than olives. So according to Rabbi Yudha, you have to eat a lot more, almost twice as much, maybe three times as much, in order to be chayef to bench. Now, truth to be told, this machlekes Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, which is working a lot around the words, kezayis, kebeitz, etc., according to most Rishonim, is not really a machlokos at a level of deraisa. Remember back the previous years, according to most Rishonim, the chi of the araisa of benching is only reached when you eat kedeisviyah mamish. You have to be full. Not just you had a half a bagel, you had a half a slice of pizza. You have to be full to the gills. You have to be stuffed, satiated, no longer hungry. This machlokes is on a level of the Rabbanon. These are all asmachtas. This is not really what the Chumash means. What the Torah really means is, eat a lot, be really, really satiated before you bench Minat Torah. But still, in the world of, of asmachtas, in the world of, of, of the Rabbanans, Rabbi Meir is tacking on the din of Shtia to Visavata, and Rabbi Yudh is tacking on the Shia of Kibetza to Visavata. So come a group of Rishonim, an opinion tells us, as the following observation. Let's look at what Visavata means according to Rabbi Yehuda, and then we'll plug it into what it means according to Rabbi Meir. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the word Visavata conjures up the image of a kebeitza. So Rabbi Yehuda said that means a kebeitza. Just as the word Visavata according to Rabbi Yehuda means a kebeitza, so too the word Visavata according to Rabbi Meir, who says it's talking about drinking, not even talking about eating, Visavata Zushtia, it also means a kebeitza. And therefore, the sheer of Brach Acharona, catch this one, according to Rabbi Meir, for drinks, is a kibetza. The same way that the word Visavata in the, in the lexicon of Rabbi Yehuda meant a kibetza, in the worldview of Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir's uh, Wikipedia, it also says, you want to know what does Visavata mean? Translation, definition, Visavata, that refers to shtia, which means how much? A kibetza. And the Ephotosis quotes this possibility that you don't recite a bracha charona unless you drink a kebetza's worth of liquid. So, bade according to the first opinion of Tosis, bade according to the second opinion of Tosis, the shear of bracha charona for beverages is not a, is not a liquid shear. Neither kezais nor kebetza's liquid shear. They're both solid shear. So, everybody has to invoke Archimedes' principles of water displacement to figure out how much of the world this about is. But whether we're looking for a mere kezayis, or whether we're looking for twice or three times the amount of kebetza, is actually two pages in Tosis. So, so far, we have two out of four possibilities what the shear of bracha Quran on beverages is. And again, there's no Gemara. That's the problem. The Gemara doesn't say a word about it. All the Rishon assume there must be a shear, but we're not quite sure what it is. So comes Tosin and tries, 
attempt number three. Says Tosus, you know what? Maybe it's not a kezayis, it's not a kebeza. Maybe we really have to look to other areas of Allah and see. In other areas of, of, um, of Allah, what is an appropriate shear? What, what constitutes a significant shear in the realm of drinks? Now the question becomes, what area of Allah should we look to? So says Tosus, we have a great idea. Let's look at Yom Kippur. Why not? Yom Kippur, we know there's an Issa Shtia, there's an Issa Deraisa, either to eat or to drink in Yom Kippur. The Torah says, Kichol Anefesh Shelo Se'una, there's a Mitzvah Ine on Yom Kippur, and there's a Lav on Yom Kippur, not to be Ma'ad, there's a Chikores, if you're not Ma'ad on Yom Kippur. So the Mishnah tells us in Masechah Yuma, there are five different types of Minuyim. The Achil and Shtia are the only ones they carry with them, Kores, where the others are Deraisa, their bodies, another story. But no question about it, Kachnam, Allah, Hashemesinai, that a person eats in Yom Kippur or drinks in Yom Kippur, that's the Issa Gorm, that's the Issa of Ine on Yom Kippur, breaking one's Ine on Yom Kippur. How much must a person consume? How much must a person partake of in order to be high of kares? So the Mishnah tells us that there's a shear that was given for food, so there's a shear that was given for liquids. What is the shear for the beverages? The shear is kabbalim lugmav, the amount to fill up a person's cheek. Now, how much is that? So it depends on how big your cheek is. So it's an interesting shear because it's a shear that's somewhat subjective. Most shiurim and Allah are objective. It's a kazais, kabbalim, it's a dharamas for everybody. This happens to be a shear that, that changes from person to person. So an average-sized person, we're talking about, it's probably somewhere between a kezayis and a kebeza. So it's a little bit bigger than a kezayis, a little bit smaller than a kebeza. That's the shear of Kamal Lugmo. So comes the third opinion in Telson says, if we're searching for a shear and how much is considered to be enough to recite a bracha on, this is not a bad place to uh, to derive from. Just as the Torah says that that's considered to be a shtia chashuva, it's a significant amount of drinking if you reach the point of that's probably the shear for reciting a bracha as well. Again, none of the shiurim are, are written in the Gemara. That's the problem. We know there must be a shear. It would be inconceivable that you make a bracha on drinking a drop. You don't make a bracha on eating a drop. So like, make it tasty. Why would you dream that you recite a bracha on drinking a drop? So there has to be some shear. Promise the Gemara doesn't say so the first opinion tells us says, well, it's just a kezai, it's just the same. The other day, Antal says, no, 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 it's a kebeza because of Rabbi Huda. And the third opinion tells us says, wait a second, you're going down the wrong route. You're looking at solid shirim, let's look for liquid shirim. Where do we find that model of a liquid shear in the issue of drinking in your kibber? It's the same shear. So Tosus hesitates for a moment because that equation that Tosus is drawing between your kibber and brachas if that equation would be right vis-a-vis beverages, then it should probably be right vis-a-vis foods also. And it's not. Because the shear of eating on Yom Kippur to be chayat is actually not a kezayis. It's actually a little bit more than a kezayis. It's a kezayis agas at the size of a large date. The Gemara says, that was halacha Moshe Messinai, that the shear of eating to be chayat in Yom Kippur is in fact not a kezayis. So somebody should throw their hands up and say, wait a second. If we're trying to create a new shear based on the comparison to Yom Kippur, but the capacity of Kippur breaks down in Uchaz Brachas proper. So we're, we're a little bit of a pickle here. The first year of a Kezayis, it didn't sound right to us because it's a solid shear. What's a solid shear doing to measure a liquid? The second year Kabeza, we had the same problem. The third year, which is a liquid shear, but it doesn't match up. Your Kippur and Brachas are not connected. They're not, they're not equivalent to one another. So we just have three strikes. I think last three, three strikes and you're out. So all four, one more chance. So comes the Rambam to the rescue. And the Rambam says, no, you're looking in the, look at the wrong shiurim. Nishkezayis, Nishkebeitzah, Rambam didn't say Nish, but not, 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 says the Rambam, you know what the shiur is? 
It's a shear that we find in other areas of halacha concerning drinking. And that's the shear of a revius. A revius is a very, very important shear. Says the Rambam, guess what? Revius is a liquid shear. And it's a revius alug. It's an X amount of a volume of liquid. And it is an important shear. The Gemara says there are actually 10 different nafkamidas ladida between revius. The problem is the Gemara doesn't mention this is one of them, which is a little bit problematic, according to the Rambam. That's the revius aim. Says the Rambam, this is the shear. The shear is Kadesh the shear is Revius. So we have four possibilities in Rishon. Everyone agrees there is a shear, four possibilities. One day of doses is it's just a simple kazai and it's barred it from foods. The other day of doses, we barred it from Yehuda's version of foods. According to uh, to uh, the third possibility, doses, we barred it from Yom Kippur, the efforts by Lugwov. And according to the fourth, which is the Ramam Shita, so the shear is a Revius, which we're barring from Lukas from other areas of Allah. How do we pass in Allah and the Shailah? So the Balatosis and the Lady Rishon and the Shukarach throw their hands up and say, we're not exactly sure how we pass in the Shaila. And therefore, we're going to be, it's almost like, like, the, like the half grape that we spoke about before. When we get ourselves into these positions of Suffolk and Brachas, we try on the one hand not to get ourselves into those situations. On the other hand, if we find ourselves in them, then we're not going to run to make Brachas be Suffolk, because Suffolk Brachas will hock you. So what do you do? So therefore, the post can recommend what you try to do is as follows. Try to decide how much you're going to drink. Either you're going to drink, if you want to drink, then drink more than Revius. Revius is the largest of the shirub. If you want to drink, drink more than Revius. If you want to drink a small amount, drink less than a Kazayas. The Kazayas is the smallest of the shirub. Don't get yourself in that window in between. What does that mean? Practically, how many ounces are we talking? So Kazayas, we usually assume it's about one ounce, one fluid ounce, we assume it's a Kazayas. A Kabait, so we're going to work with the assumption, means about two fluid ounces. Well, in Lugmov, somewhere in between, we assume it's about probably about 1.5, give or take. So we have three possibilities. We have one ounce, 1.5, and two. And what's the Revius? So there are many, many opinions. We're going to give the smallest shield. We assume Revius speaker did is really three ounces. So you now you have a, a span of opinions. You have one, 1.5, two, or three. So try to time and aim your uh, drinking. Try to measure your drinks. Either less than an ounce or more than three ounces. If you get yourself into this window in between, you're in the Benish Russia's land. You're going to be the shot of something, bro. So we're going to try to fine-tune this a little bit more <coughs> in the next What exactly this means for us, and uh, which of the sheep does we really do accept, which of the perhaps we don't really accept. So how this is going to play out for us, practically speaking, but at least we have the background to the tzura of the beginning of the second case. Okay. Shalom. What happens if you found a mirror? What was the point of the 